Hello, I'm Ray. Welcome to another podcast episode. Yes, I've still got my cold, you can probably tell, but the show must go on. So I'll be sneezing and spluttering (laughs) and coughing and all sorts during this episode, no doubt. But not to worry. Thanks for all your emails. Brilliant. All your suggestions. Fantastic. Now, this episode is all about package holidays in the 1970s. Do you remember that? Are you old enough to remember the package holidays to Spain, Torremolinos, Benidorm? Do you remember all that? I do, because I went on, I think it was two, if not three, package holidays to Spain. By the way, if you hear a lot of banging and crashing about, they're putting up scaffolding next door. I think they're having a new roof. So the lads are out there putting up all these huge poles and things. So apologies for that. Apologies for my cold. Apologies for everything today, I think. I would have thought in this day and age they would have found a cure for the common cold. But obviously not. They've been trying for decades, haven't they? Decades, probably a hundred years or more to try and cure the common cold. And they haven't done it. What I wonder is, what is the point of having a cold? What does it do? (laughs) What's the point of it? It just makes you feel rough and ill and sleepy and horrible. What is the point in that? (laughs) Anyway, they'll probably find a cure at some stage. But isn't it strange, out of all the things, all the viruses and illnesses that people get, the common cold still cannot be cured. Right, anyway, we're not here to talk about my cold. We're here to talk about Spain, Española, España, in the 1970s, and the package holidays and the half-built hotels that we used to hear all those stories about. Oh, your room isn't ready because (laughs) that part of the hotel hasn't been built yet. (laughs) That happened, didn't it? That was true. Now, if I were to say to you, I'm going to describe something. I'm walking down the street. I can see a bar. And above the bar, it says Watney's Red Barrel Beer. Next to that, there's a chip shop, a fish and chip shop. Next to that, there's a cafe. Beans on toast. You'd think I was describing a a British town, wouldn't you? You know, somewhere in the UK. No. That was Spain. Wherever I went in Spain when I first went, wherever you look, there's British food, there's British this, there's English that, all over the place. I thought I was at home. (laughs) It's true. What they tried to do was recreate somewhere like Blackpool, you know, a British holiday resort in Spain because they thought that's what people wanted. Well, to be honest, I think the majority of people did want that. I remember hearing people say, oh, I don't want that Spanish food. I'm not eating this foreign muck. Well, to me, going on holiday to a foreign country, I would like to to try their food. I don't want beans on toast and fish and chips. And I certainly didn't want Watney's Red Barrel. It was awful. Well, I suppose it wasn't awful. It was right at the time. Uh, Watney's Red Barrel and DD, Double Diamond. Do you remember that? I think they had DD out there as well. I would have preferred to have sampled their food, their drink. Apart from the sangria, I didn't like sangria. But that's what they did. They tried to, well, not tried, they successfully created little British towns or or British areas within towns where you think you're back at home, apart from the fact that it's nice and warm and the sun's shining and it's not raining. Apart from that, you would have thought you're in Manchester or Blackpool or... Skegness or wherever. Talking of it not raining, it did rain once. I went to uh, Lorette de Mar. If you look at the coast, Barcelona, 
I think it's just south of Barcelona, Lorette de Mar. And we got to the hotel, this girl and me, you know, <laughs> yeah, there was some girl I took there. I don't know who she was. We got to the hotel, we settled in and we thought in the evening we'd go out and have a look round. We got down to the, the foyer part and the Spanish chap said, oh, don't go out there, it's raining hard. So we looked out and he was right. It was belting down, absolutely pouring. Oh, it's okay, he said, it's okay, it's only a shower, it'll go away. We waited around, we had a drink in the bar, I think, about half an hour later, looked out of the front of the hotel. The road, it, it sloped down. The road looked like a river. It was a gushing river, water. You, the sound of it, honestly, you think you're in a, a waterfall somewhere. And he, he kept saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's only a shower, it's okay, you don't worry, my friend. Well, don't worry, my friend, I do worry. We're going to get flooded. So we had to spend the first night there in the hotel bar. It wasn't actually too bad in the hotel bar. The, the main attraction uh, of Spain, apart from the sunshine, of course, everything was cheap. Everything, beer, cigarettes, food. It was all extremely cheap, you know, compared to prices back home. It was incredible. I remember buying cigarettes. I smoked then, naughty boy. I smoked quite a lot then. And cigarettes were almost like free. You know, that's sort of couple of bob for several packets of fags, whereas here, in comparison, they cost a fortune. The beer was cheap, the food was cheap, everything was cheap. You didn't need a load of spending money. It probably worked out cheaper, thinking about it, to go to Spain for a week or two than it would be to go to, say, Blackpool or wherever in the UK for a week or two. Probably worked out cheaper. It's now the next day. I thought I'd wait another 24 hours because... Uh, Hopefully this cold will get a bit better and I can speak properly. Uh, I don't think waiting 24 hours worked, actually. Not to worry. There's um, the scaffolding next door is all done. They're now doing the roof, retiling the roof. So you're going to hear a lot of crashing about. And I've decided that we'll just have to put up with it. Because it's now Friday. And I want this podcast on ready for everyone on Sunday. So if I hang around much longer, my cold will either get worse or the roofers will get noisier so I decided just to plod on regardless. Now when we first set off for Spain this girl and I we went to uh, Gatwick Airport only 30-35 miles up the road because we're on the coast here. What I found strange I think we got there early morning like five o'clock in the morning what I found strange was people were drinking beer and I'm looking around thinking well breakfast time why aren't they having breakfast why are they drinking beer and a lot of people were. The last thing I want at five in the morning is beer. Good grief. So we had breakfast there and a coffee or whatever. On the plane, of course, first time either of us had flown on the plane, you could smoke. Loads of people were smoking, all having their fags. Sorry about these crashes and bangs. That, I mean, that wasn't anything big. You know, that wasn't like, whoa, wow, you could smoke on a plane because it was just the way things were. I mean, these days we're getting to the stage where you, you're not allowed to smoke in the street. Well, I think that's what people want. Anyway, that's another issue. When we landed in Spain, I forget which uh, airport it was, there was a coach waiting for us, of course, and uh, the sort of welcoming committee, this young lady, welcome to Spain, welcome to so-and-so tours, all this business, all piled onto the coach with our, our bags and our hats <laughs> and sunglasses. I don't know. All the blokes in shorts and things. It was funny. It really was funny. I'd never worn shorts before. And I hadn't actually taken any with me. 
uh, I just didn't think about it. I did buy a pair of shorts where we were there. Now, they were overpriced. I was saying everything's cheap. Certain things like that were, were not cheap at all. So we piled onto the coach, got to the hotel, which was miles away. It seemed to be hours on the coach. At least it had aircon, though. But everywhere was hot, you know, that, that sort of very close, humid, hot air. It was great. Yeah, that's what you go to Spain for, isn't it? The weather, the sun and all that. So at the hotel, another chat with the, uh, what was she, the tour guide, or I forget what she called herself. She was in her 20s. She was very good. She did her job properly. Any complaints, any questions, come and see me. Of course, people did. Oh, this isn't right. That isn't right. My room isn't right. The shower doesn't work. This doesn't work. I felt sorry for her. I think we were only there for a week that time. And I felt sorry for her. I saw her one day sitting down one afternoon, sitting in the hotel bar with her head in her hands. And I went in, you know, hi, are you all right? She said, she said, oh, I think so. I just can't cope with all these complaints. You know what some people are like. They moan about everything. Oh, this isn't right. That isn't right. I don't like the food. I don't like the water. That was another thing. You couldn't drink the water. I don't know about now. I haven't been to Spain for a few years, so I'm not sure about now. But in those days, in the 70s, you don't drink the water. You get some dreadful stomach upset. Absolutely awful things could happen to you. And also, uh, they warned you about lettuce, tomato, cucumber. All that's washed in water. So if you're eating all that and it's still wet, then you're effectively drinking the water. It was an experience for me. It was good fun. There were lots of excursions. Of course, that's where the tour rep or guide that's where they made their money apparently so I discovered getting people to go on these excursions so you all pile on a coach we're all going to go and look at so-and-so mountain or we're all going to go and see a, an old monastery or something I only went on one of the excursions which was one evening to a hog roast uh, I didn't like that I wasn't hungry I don't know whether I had, had an upset stomach but uh, looking at the hog roast thing just put me off totally I couldn't eat anything so I drank loads of beer instead. That seemed to fix things. But that was all very much late into the night, way gone midnight. I mean, OK, I, I'm old now, but I was young then. I was, what, late teens, early 20s. So it's not as if I was an old man then. But it wasn't really my thing. All these Brits all shouting and drinking far too much and falling over. All the music too loud. And I don't know, it just it wasn't my thing. I didn't like that everyone's dancing. It was on the beach. Yeah, it was on the beach. So, you know, it was a nice setting. I just wandered off and uh, just had a look round the beach. Dark, of course, being late at night. And it was lovely looking out over the Mediterranean. That was nice. As I said, it was a, a whole new experience. I'd never flown before, never been on a plane before, never been abroad before. Uh, I don't think I'd even been to France on the ferry, anything like that. So it was a completely new experience going to a, another country. And it was, it was interesting, but I do remember saying to myself on the way back, I don't think I'll do that again. I mean, I did uh, another couple of times, I think. But it really, it, I don't know, it wasn't my thing. All these huge hotels. And you have to take your, I remember this, you have to take your own marmalade. They don't have marmalade. And what else was it we had to take? I can't remember. Everyone took a jar of marmalade because, I mean, the hotel food was nice. Breakfast was, not you know, croissant or whatever it was but you've got to take your marmalade. And it was funny, everyone sitting at all the, the hotel tables in the morning all opening their jar of marmalade. It was quite funny that. Us Brits are quite strange, <laughs> I've discovered over the years. But the food was okay. 
I don't like hotels at the best of times. Do you like hotels? Someone said to me the other day, oh, I wouldn't stay anywhere other than a, a four or five star hotel. I like to be pampered and waited on. That's what I don't like. You know, waiters hovering, looking at your glass, topping it up. You know, I don't like that. I, I just, you know, go away. I want to cause then these three chaps with acoustic guitars in the evening, evening meal. They're wandering around and they come and stand right up at your table playing these, these guitars. And again, I didn't want that. I was trying to talk. I don't want someone playing a guitar in my ear, but it was all very Spanish and the, the castanets, or as my friend used to call them, the cassettes. Yeah, all good fun, new experience. The Spanish girls, I noticed, kept their distance. I think they kept away from the hotels and wherever the Brits went. They kept away. I wonder, why, I wonder why that was. The Spanish lads, all the young waiters and the bar staff, that, that sort of thing in the hotel, they followed us all around. Well, not me, the girls, the English girls. They liked that because I remember saying to one of them, it's not fair, you're after our girls and your girls are in hiding. And he agreed. Yeah, he did. He agreed. He laughed at that. I mean, they were a nice bunch. They're lovely people. It's just that it, uh, it it really wasn't my thing. Perhaps it's because I'd taken this girl with me. She was miserable. Do you want to do this? Oh, I don't know. Would you like to do that today? Oh, I don't know. I'm too hot. But again, that's us Brits, isn't it? I mean, I'm guilty of that. Oh, I'm too hot in the summer. Oh, it's too hot. Then in the winter, oh, it's cold. When's the summer coming? Then in the summer, it's too hot. When's the winter coming? No, I'm not that bad, am I? Yes, I am. There was one young couple in the hotel, early 20s, they started rowing one evening, having dinner in the restaurant part. They started arguing. She was saying something about he'd been looking at one of the Spanish girls. Now, there weren't many around. I mean, obviously, there were one or two. They weren't all in hiding. And apparently, he'd been chatting to one from what I overheard. And I thought it was quite funny. But this girl was saying, I saw you looking at her. I know what you're thinking. And I thought, yeah, well, I'd be thinking the same thing. She caught my eye, actually, and glared at me. They were only on a table. Uh, a little way away from us so I could hear everything that they were saying and of course I was looking and she glared at me but it was great fun most of the people there the trouble is all the people well most of the people in our hotel were Brits they were from all over the UK you know Manchester uh, the East End which was great you know a good a good mix of people from all over the UK but the trouble is they all wanted different things some just wanted a drink solidly all day and all night just drink others wanted to see the sights, as I did actually, I wanted, I wanted to have a few beers, of course, but I also wanted to see the various sights. So it really was a, a kind of mixture of, of all sorts of people, all wanting different things. I don't know how the Spanish catered for all of us, actually. Some people in the hotel wanted to try Spanish food. Others said, oh, I don't want that. I want fish and chips, beans on toast. I don't know. They, they couldn't win, really, with us lot. They couldn't win. I think they did uh, an excellent job, to be honest. I went into, this is a couple of days later now, I think my cold's actually beginning to get better, so I don't sound so terrible. Well, I sound terrible anyway, at the best of times. I went into one of these cafe-type places, or, or a bar, or whatever it was, where it said beans on toast and all this, <laughs> fish and chips. No, beans on toast. The chip shop was next door. And this chap, he up, mate, he up, all right. And I thought, Where's he? Is that is from up to north, in the UK, up to north. And yeah, we got chatting and I said, how long have you been out here? And he said, oh, I've been here a couple of years. And he said, it's great. He said, get all the northerners in here. He said, and you southern lot. 
this is the great divide, isn't it? I've never known about this divide between the north and south in the UK. I've not really been up north a great deal. I've been to Birmingham, where I went to Stockport. But uh, I don't know, apparently there's some divide. I don't know anything about divides. Anyway, he was chatting away and he said, oh, it's great, he's making a lot of money doing his beans on toast. The trouble is he had Heinz baked beans. And I said, oh, no, 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 I want Cross and Blackwell. He said, we can only get Heinz beans here. And I said, I want brown bread. He said, oh, I've only got white bread. So I thought, well, that's no good. I know I'm a fuss pot. And he, he laughed. He was saying, oh, you fussy southerners. He said, if you're from up to north, you don't eat anything. I said, yeah, well, I don't want to eat anything. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, he choked myself then. Anyway, there we are. Um, we got the train to Barcelona, this girl and I. We got this train. So it was across the river in front of the hotel, which I think by then must have been a road again. And we got on this train, which ran all the way along the seafront. Now, kind of almost on the beach. It was the other side of the road, between the road and the beach. And this train, it was a rickety old thing. And you won't believe this. I couldn't believe it. We got on. We wanted to go to Barcelona to have a look at the city. And there's a load of Spanish people on the train. Well, there would be. We're in Spain, so you can believe that bit. But they had chickens with them. Some old woman had some chickens with her, a couple of chickens. And there was a, it wasn't a goat, some, I don't know what animal it was, something on the, on the floor. And I thought, this is like a farmyard. And it was a filthy old train. It was all kind of open and stuff. It was weird. But uh, as this girl that I was with, as she said, well, this is Spain. You know, and, and that's how it was in the early 70s. That was Spain. So it was quite good. It was a bit bit of a smelly and rough journey and a bit hot, of course. But uh, we actually made it to Barcelona, which I didn't like. Oh, here we go. You're saying, here we go. Okay, it doesn't like Barcelona now. Didn't like the Ret de Mar. Don't like the food. Don't like the beans on toast. Or the, yeah, the Heinz beans. What's wrong with Barcelona? Nothing wrong with Barcelona. I just don't like cities. I don't know why we went there. Oh, she wanted to go there, I think. Wanted to go shopping. Yeah, I don't know why. She didn't have any money. Wanted to go shopping with my money. Don't know why I took her, really. Barcelona was okay. It was just like London, really. Just a massive city. One thing I didn't like, because I don't like heights, there were these um, cable cars over the harbour. There's all warships in the harbour. Huge warships. And you could get this cable ride right over the harbour. Uh, she wanted to go on that, but I didn't, so she didn't. I, would, I don't do heights, I can't do cable car things, even on the Isle of Wight. At, uh, is it Allen Bay? You go down where the coloured sands are on the beach, there's a cable thing there. And I watch other family members go down on it. I take photographs and I wave at them as they go by. But I wouldn't go on the thing myself. I just can't, I can't do heights. I can't stand on a chair. It's awful, really. I wobble about and freeze and things if I try to go up a ladder. But uh, Barcelona was okay. At least I can say I've been there. Again, it was an experience, I suppose. Don't get me wrong. I, I did enjoy the holiday. I always try to be positive and enjoy things. Uh, even when we go to the Isle of Wight, you know, it start pouring with rain. You think, oh dear, here we go. This looks bad for the whole day. The sky is black all round. It's raining. The wind's getting up. Doesn't matter. We're going to find something to do, something indoors somewhere. There's a swimming pool on site or a bar, of course, go and sit in the bar all day. No, I wouldn't want to do that. But there's all sorts to do. Funnily enough, talking of being positive, uh, talking to someone the other day and she said to me, your glass is always half full. 
And I, I knew what she meant. You know, have you heard that sort of expression? With some people, their glass is half full. With others, it's half empty. It depends which way you look at it. You're either an optimist or a pessimist. And I've always been an optimist, no matter what happened. I used to annoy my dad. If there was a problem, he'd be saying, oh, no, dear, what are we going to do about this? Oh, for goodness sake, what are we going to do? And I'd say, oh, it'll be all right in a minute. And he hated that expression. It'll be all right in a minute. Well, that's like 60 seconds. But I mean, I didn't mean a minute as such, but it'll be all right in a minute, no matter what it was. And it really wound him up. So <laughs> I had to say it more and more. Another thing that annoyed him, I used to get quite great fun, actually, out of annoying my dad. I'd say, whatever. He'd say, oh, I don't know, look at this. What are we going to do about this? Oh, what, what's going to happen about that? And he'd say, what do you think? And I'd just say, oh, I don't know, whatever. And, that, and he'd say, well, what do you mean, whatever? That's all you ever say. You're always saying whatever. Well, that was it. It'll be all right in a minute. And funnily enough, yes, as I say, we were talking the other day about this. And this lady said to me that she bumped into so-and-so, whoever it was, this other lady uh, in the street, chatting for about 10 minutes. And she said, when I came away, I felt really down, not depressed. She said, I felt really down. And she said, do you know, some people are like that. Yes, I do. Some people, you can meet them and you feel uplifted afterwards. You know, oh, well, that was nice meeting them. They're cheery souls and they're, they're positive and they're happy and vivacious and bubbly and all these words, all being the same thing at the end of the day. A friend of mine used to say that. That was his favourite. At the end of the day, if there was a problem, at the end of the day, it's only this, it's only that. At the end of the day, it'll be all right. He was always saying at the end of the day, and when he said it, he kept his eyes closed. It's funny, isn't it? People's idiosyncrasies. That's a funny word. Idiosyncrasy. It doesn't mean they're idiots. <laughs> well, some are. Idiosyncrasies, the way people are. It's funny how some people, though, they do talk to you with their eyes closed. Others won't look at you. I've noticed this. They'll look away. They'll look at least 45 degrees away from you. And, you know, I'm thinking, are they talking to me still? I mean, they're looking over there at the wall. You know, hello, you talking? Oh, you are talking to me. It's all rather strange. But talking with the eyes closed, I mean, that is, that is worrying. I can't cope with that. Sitting there, eyes closed all the time they're talking. Not just closed every now and then while they're thinking. Closed all the time they're talking. Then they'll open their eyes and look at you. And I don't know what that's all about. I suppose, yeah, idiosyncrasies, that's what it's all about. Anyway, my dad, he, he thought, the see, the thing is, he was a great warrior. You know how some people worry? They worry all the, oh, this has been no good. Oh, no, that's no good. Oh, what's going to happen with that? Oh, it's it. We're doomed. We're doomed. And they worry all the time and nothing's going to be any good. It's all going to be doom and gloom and a disaster. Whereas with me, I try to be positive. I think, right, OK, that's the problem. Uh, no point in worrying about it. We've got to sort this out, sort that out. Ah, oh, yeah, that'd be all right in a minute. <laughs> and he took that as me not caring. That, that's how he thought it was. When I say, oh, it's all right, don't worry about that. That'll be OK, be all right in a minute. He thought, uh, because I wasn't worrying like he was, I didn't care. Well, that's not true. I did care about things. It's just that I didn't worry myself to get a, a, a migraine headache and then have to spend sort of 36 hours on the bed with a cold flannel on my head because I made myself ill with worry. I know that people that worry, they can't help it. I know that. You know, it's no good saying to people, oh, don't worry. Oh, you think so? Don't worry. No, don't worry. Oh, OK, I won't worry then. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. 
It's like someone that's a bit down or depressed. No, you can say, oh, come on, pull your socks up. It's a lovely day. Look, sun's out. Let's go and sit in the garden. That doesn't get rid of depression or downness or whatever it is they've got. In fact, it makes it worse. I was talking to uh, someone earlier this morning, funnily enough, about being positive and bubbly, trying to uplift people if they're in a bit of a, a depressed state. And she was saying quite rightly, the last thing anyone wants if they're feeling a bit down, is someone being all bubbly and joyful? Oh, it'll be all right in a minute. Oh, don't worry. Come on. It's a lovely day. It's nearly lunchtime. What would you like for lunch? She said they don't want all that. And I can see. Yeah, I can see that. My, my chair's squeaking. My cold's getting worse again. I'm talking too much. Yeah, what do you mean you agree? <laughs> You're not supposed to agree with me. There was a time I was walking along the street. I was, what, 20 years old? I was walking along the street in town. And I saw this chap coming towards me, same side of the road as me, and I thought, oh, for goodness sake, it's old doom and gloom. Uh, Derek, his name was, that's right, Derek. And I thought, I, I can't, I can't face him now, because he was always, you know, oh, hello, Derek, how are you? Oh, oh, my foot, oh, I've been up the hospital with my foot. Oh, it's awful, I can't walk on it properly. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, you'd think, oh, I wish I hadn't asked. I wish I hadn't asked him how he was. So I... I didn't know what shop it was. I saw him heading towards me. I slipped into this shop. And when I got in there, this young girl, about my age, she was all smiling. She said, oh, hello, how can I help you? And I looked round the shop. It was a wool shop. Do you remember wool shops? They sold knitting patterns, uh, knitting needles, wool, and all, all the kind of old lady wools. Well, it wasn't all old ladies, was it? Everyone used to knit in those days. And she said, how can I help you? And I said, oh, sorry, uh, I don't think you can look around. And she said, well, why did you come in here? And she's laughing. Why did you come in here then? So I told her, I said, look, what it is, I said, this chap I know is you know, Mr. Doom and Gloom. So I just nipped into the nearest shop and she got chatting. She said, oh, I know someone like that. She said, well, don't go just yet in case it's still out there. And she said, I'm about to put the kettle on to make coffee. Do you want a cup of coffee? And she was quite attractive, actually. Bubbly, vivacious, not doom and gloom all positive, her cup was half full, and I quite liked her. Anyway, a bit of a long story. We ended up going out together for quite some time, actually. So it's funny, isn't it? A chance meeting like that. I thanked that chap, Derek. He didn't know what I was talking about next time I saw him. I said, oh, thanks for uh, introducing me. What did I say? Thanks for introducing me to uh, Heidi was her name. He said, what do you mean? And I didn't explain it. I said, oh, it's a long story, Derek. But uh, I said, because of you, I bumped into this girl. And he just sort of looked at me like I'm mad, which I probably was. Thinking back, it must be awful for the person that is being avoided by other people. You know, you're walking along the road, and say, oh my goodness, it's so-and-so. So you turn around, go the other way, cross the road, dive into a shop. It must be awful for that person, especially if they see you. Imagine that, they see you. They see you looking at them, and then you dive into a shop to get out of the way. It must be dreadful for them. I feel sorry for people that are, are miserable and depressed and down all the time. Well, not depressed so much, because that's a, that's a condition. I mean, that's not always, I don't know, it's difficult, that one. But people that are just basically miserable all the time. They complain about everything. They never see the good side of anything. I do feel sorry for them. I mean, to go through life like that must be dreadful. As I was saying earlier... The people in Spain, the Spanish people, they all seem to be quite jolly. The old ladies, I noticed when I was there, they were all dressed in black. I think they're in mourning, aren't they? Don't they, don't they mourn people forever or something? 
I'd see these elderly ladies sitting on a doorstep or outside a cafe-type place, not where they sold beans on toast, I hasten to add, and they were all dressed in black and they were mourning a lost one, a, you know, a loved one. But uh, in the main, the, the younger chaps were, were very, as the girls, were very, very bubbly and friendly. I went to Cyprus, <laughs> this is years later, went to Cyprus and uh, our hotel was just, just by a, a restaurant place. And every night, we, you know, my wife and I, we'd leave the hotel, walk down the road, past this restaurant, and the chap would say, oh, my friend, you come in, you have, come in and have a meal. And first night he said that, I said, yeah, we will do, we will. Second night, you come in for a meal. I said, yeah, well, we're just off to so-and-so, but uh, maybe, maybe tomorrow. And of course, we had to pass this restaurant every day we left the hotel. And every evening, wherever we were going, whether it be the beach or a, a bar somewhere, and on, I think it must have been the fourth or fifth day, he said, why, you know, come my restaurant. Well, what's wrong with my restaurant? I said, right, we're coming in. And we, yeah, we looked at each other. Yeah, let's go in. Let's go into his damn restaurant, for goodness sake. And we went in there. And he was very nice. You know, you sit here, you sit here. I've been saving this table all week. And I said to him, you haven't at all. <laughs> he, was, he was a great chap. And do you know what he did? It was fantastic. We had a, a lovely meal. We had the drinks. And at the end of the evening... I said, right, we're settled up now, you know, we, we're going to go. What do I owe you? Nothing, he said, nothing. That, that was uh, 40 Towers, wasn't it? I know nothing. I'm from Barcelona. <laughs> no, he was Greek. No, 40 Towers wasn't Greek. That was uh, Manuel. He was, he was Spanish, except he was British. Andrew Sachs, wasn't it? Anyway, this chap was lovely. And I said, well, I don't owe you anything. No, no, no. He said, I'm just pleased that you finally came into my restaurant. So that was great. And what we did, well, I think we were there a couple of weeks. What we did, we went a couple more times in there and, and paid, of course. So uh, it was it was great. It worked out well. But all the people were so friendly. I wonder whether it's the weather. Do you think it's the weather? So many people in the UK are miserable. Well, I'm not, but I know a lot of miserable people. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, all right, I suppose. <laughs> How's your new job? Oh, don't like it. <laughs> yeah, how's your old job? Oh, I've been there too long, I'm going to leave. <laughs> it's always, I don't know, perhaps it is the weather. I mean, our summer, I know I keep on about this, but good grief. The sun's out as I speak, makes a change. It's always dark and cloudy and misty. This morning, went over to Brighton. Went over there, left here at eight o'clock, went over to Brighton. Uh, had to give someone a lift over there. And I thought what we'd do, wife and I, we'll go and sit on the beach while we're waiting. And we got out of the car went down to the seafront. It was cold. And she looked at me and I looked at her and we go back in the car. We only had to wait about half an hour uh, for our friend, you know, give them a lift back again. But uh, we, we thought, no, we're going to sit in the car. It's a shame. I mean, it's August. Stone the crows. I think it was the second time I went to Spain. There were four of us, which was quite good. Um, chap and his girlfriend or wife and this other chap and me. And that was pretty good. Uh, this, oh yeah, this other chap that I was, we shared a room and then this chap and his girlfriend shared a room. This chap I was with, oh, he was a nightmare. We went to a, a nightclub and, you know, it's it's like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. And he's stretched out on this, there was like bench seats with cushions on, stretched out on this bench seat, asleep. He's sleeping. It's a nightclub. You're away on holiday in Spain and he's asleep. And of course, people are looking at him. They're thinking he's drunk and stuff, and he wasn't. 
I don't think he enjoyed the nightlife. I did. That was good, actually. That was a good holiday. One of the, yeah, the other chap was ill. I remember looking, I was, we were all in the sea, the three of us, and he was up in his hotel room looking out of the, on the balcony bit and we're waving, come on, come down here. He was ill. He probably drank the water instead of beer. Should drink beer. That's one thing. If you go abroad, always drink the beer. In fact, that's what they used to do in the old days here in the UK. You see these programmes like Victorian Farm and stuff like that. All the harvest, you know, they'd, they'd do the harvest, all the villagers would help. Everyone drank beer instead of water. Now, this is true. I saw it on the telly. I read it in the paper. It's got to be true. Because the water was usually dirty, contaminated. I mean, it's not like it is today. All clean and, what is it, chloroform? No, it's not chloroform, is it? Chlorine? No, it's not chloroform, is it? That knocks you out. Chlorine, which is the one that puts you to sleep. Chloroform. Yeah, I don't think they put that in the water. They put fluoride in the water, don't they? Anyway, you know what I mean? But back in the kind of 1800s, the water was pretty disgusting, from what I understand. So they used to drink beer, because with beer, of course, all the process of making beer would kill anything that's in it. And if you drank too much of it, it would kill you. No, no, seriously, though, that's that's true. People were encouraged to drink beer rather than water. So when you go abroad, somewhere like Spain, Portugal's nice. I went there a few years back, only been there once, and that was really nice. Again, very friendly people, lovely people. Uh, Cyprus, I think I, I really enjoyed best. I like the uh, the Greek Cypriots. Uh, they're amazing people. There was this chap who ordered a pair of flip-flops. What happened to mine? They fell apart or something. And he said this price. I said, no, no, I'm not paying that. And he said, no, 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 I'd bring the price down. I forget. I say, 28, whatever it was, euros. I said, no, I'm paying 28 euros. And I'm walking up the street with my wife. He's chasing me with these flip-flops. 20, 20 years, and I'm losing money. I said, I don't want them. Okay, I don't want them. It ended up 12 euros. I said, oh, all right, I'll have them. Actually, they weren't flip-flops. They were more like, they were leather sandals, thinking back. Leather sandals. And as he wandered off, I gave him the money. As he wandered off, he was mumbling, oh, it cost me more than that. <laughs> I thought, why chase me down the street and sell them for less than you paid for them? He wanted to sale. That's what it was. He just wanted to sail. Well, he got it. Don't ever go to a marketplace in Spain or anywhere. I, I, I went to one in Spain. Was it Spain? Yes, it was Spain. Javier, near Javier, 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 near Javier, I think. And I was looking at something and they, they won't let you go. They want you to haggle. I, I just picked something up. I was looking at it. And this chap said, whatever it was, oh, so, so many euros. I said, no, no, no I'm only looking. No, 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 so many euros. Oh. And I said, no, I don't want it. I, I'm not buying I'm just looking at it. You make me an offer, my friend. You make me an offer. How much? How much? I said, no, I don't want it. And I, you know, I couldn't get it. I was walking away and he was following me. You tell me how much you want to pay. You tell me. You make me an offer. And I said, look, I don't want it. You know, it was, it, I don't know. It was embarrassing. And after that, you know, my wife and I, we didn't sort of touch anything. We just looked from a distance. And if you went up to a stall and just said, Oh, how much is the, the so-and-so? How much is that? That's it. As far as they're concerned, it's a sale. You know, you're not just inquiring. You've bought it. You've, you've signed a contract. You've inquired. That's good enough. It's yours. Give me the money. I was never into this haggling business. I'm not very good at haggling. Uh, a friend of mine, I remember him, we'd go to a boot sale. He was a funny chap. He, he died recently, actually, poor chap. But we'd go to a boot sale together, not very often, 
but uh, and he got up to a chat. How much is that? Oh, ten quid. No, I'm not paying you ten. I'll give you five. And then, yeah, this chap would say, well, no, no, I'll take eight. No, 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 give you five. And he'd go on and on. And I found it embarrassing. And very often he was told to clear off. Get out of here, go on, get out of it. He came across as rude, that's the thing. He came from uh, from London, East End of London, I think. And that's what they do. This is like what the Spanish do at a market, isn't it? They haggle, they expect you to haggle. But if you're not used to it, it can come across as being rude. Well, I think I'm going to end the episode here. Sorry about that, guys guys and gals. It's my, it's my sore throat and my cold. Hopefully I'll be all right for next week's midweek message. Email me. You can email your sympathy for my plight. Raiserants at protonmail.com. Email me. You can donate to me. Give me money. That might make me feel better. <laughs> oh, dear. Shouldn't say that. No, no, I don't want money. Um, yeah, it'd be great to hear for, from you if you've got any ideas. But I am now running out of steam. I'm finding it very difficult to speak. That's a relief, you say. Well, thank goodness for that. It's going to end it early. Now, we're coming up to 40 minutes. As I said, I've been doing this over a number of days, each day thinking I'll do a bit more to the episode. Hopefully I'm feeling a bit better, but I don't seem to be. Where are we? What's today? It's Saturday, and this is going live tomorrow morning. So, Sunday, as, uh, sun's still shining. I don't know what Sunday's forecast is, but uh, to be honest at the moment, I don't really care. I just want to stay. I went to bed yesterday. I just want to stay indoors. I went to bed about midday. I just felt so rough. Anyway, you don't want to hear about my cold. Email me and do a, a British thing. Hi, how are you? And I'll rant and rave about how bad I feel. I've got aches all over. Oh, my cold, my nose is blocked up. I've got earache. I've got a headache. No, on that note, I won't leave you on that note. Be positive, be bright, stay healthy, look after yourselves and uh, try not to get a cold. Okay, you take care, you lot. I shall see you on Wednesday with a midweek message. Thanks for listening. As always, take care. Bye-bye for now.